Welcome to From Cork with Love Adventure, the only podcast from Cork, Ireland, in which you can hear what it's like to be Irish in Cork from the point of view of a totally unrepresentative man. This is Paul Amani welcoming you to the latest episode. I've never written so many poems. In 59 days from the beginning of February, I wrote 23 poems. And I'm going to read you a selection of those poems here. And I hope they're going to mean something to you. For my part, I'm making a very big effort to be able to find the words to say what I mean. So here are a number of poems, especially ones that I hope you like listening to. You've had a cold, a heavy cold, and you know how it can take the legs from under you. And if you haven't had one for a while, you're probably happy not to remember it. And if you have had one recently, what I'm going to read you next is probably going to make sense. One day you're fine. You're on top of the world, full of wonder, purpose, design, and enough energy to navigate on an ocean of beckoning hope. No. And enough energy to navigate on an ocean of beckoning life. Like a cormorant that dives deep and surfaces with a beak full of fish. Like a hawk that swoops and rises with the food that matters, you're in love with the melody of everyday life. Until the day you wake with a tetchy throat, raw, retching cough, and a nose that dribbles, And you're streaming down into a conviction there's no way back. There's only one highway to the other side and the road is rough enough to erase the memory and melody of a life you used to think was grand. A broken wing, a blind eye, a crippled hunter, all paradise lost the wilderness of unrelenting self-pity. And you know it will have its way with you. And you know there's no fighting back, no resurrection overnight, only hours to wait and drugs. The chemistry of recovery. And you are left looking through the only question that matters to you. The only mystery that matters anymore. When will I fall apart and lose my heart again? The end. That's a little something I wrote while feeling grim. Yeah. Not Grimm's fairy tales, just feeling grim. I'll get through it. I hope it means something to you. listening to Lemur and I listened to several casts and several extended conversations 
and one of the conversations was around a cast made by Robert Neal, who had gone outside into fierce weather and recorded some fierce feelings that he was having. And Barbara KB made a comment to Robert and it inspired me or it prompted me to write something and this is what I wrote Dear Mountain Bear Oh, it's called The Walk Dear Mountain Bear Thank you for going on the walk I did not do You have taken the shoes from under me and given them room to breathe the air of night while a cryptic owl swooped his silent flight in search of the very thing I did my best to put away. The hunt for fresher life, fertile and festive, in the company of small mammals, in plain sight, in the company of trees in leaf, earthworms and earthlings, in the garden of the Big Bang. It suited me to stay indoors and not to cry too much in the face of the messenger outside, to celebrate a brave warrior's walk into the cradle of my infancy, into the face of my fears, into the promise of my fertility. The end. It was Barbara's phrase, thank you for going on the walk I did not do. Maybe her phrase was, thank you for going on the walk that I did not do. But it was that, the walk I did not do that set me in mind of what it would be like to avoid going on a walk and what that might mean. And that's where it all began. So there we are, I just, it's very fresh. I felt trapped by this cold that dogged me for about 10 days now, I think. It's, it's not as bad as it could be, I suppose, but you know, I've had the, all that stuff dribbling out of my nose and I've had, uh, I've had a cough and and I had a huge amount of fatigue and at one stage today early this morning it kind of got to me I suppose you'd say and I started to write something about <laughs> I, I started to write a poem and I thought oh god this isn't very poetic but I'll just keep going because yeah, I've got a I've got a little bit of an idea, and uh, at least I get the idea down. I remember Paul McCartney saying once that 
you know, when he's writing a lyric for a song, he get to a point where he was stuck and he wouldn't know what what to put next. So he'd just go up a deed, up a deed, up a deed, up. He'd, he'd invent some kind of sound that didn't really make any sense, but it filled the space so the song could carry on. So I started... Um, this is what I, I wrote today, anyway. You might like to hear it. I was born into captivity, into a family. They were in charge, set my daily routine, administered my food, decided when I was heard, what I could see, my destiny. Those jailers sent me to an institution that held me captive, defined my agenda, put me in a room, decided what I should learn when I was good enough, when I should be let out. Into another ritual and on into another asylum. Gradually, I was made fit for an open prison, condemned to a life sentence, immersed in a language I had no power to design. Moment by moment, my thoughts sucked into solitary confinement within a zeitgeist that disguised itself as a dreamscape. shaped with illusions of grandeur. Captured and captivated, imprisoned and impressed, as if I was an ant that thought he was a free spirit, as if an elephant that loved to be tethered in a circus tent. Even my imagination ring-fenced. I was bred in captivity by a family that thought there was a key hidden somewhere safe. As if it could be released in time to avert what is to come. The ants face extinction. Elephants are shuffling into an abyss. The key never strong enough to turn the lock and release inmates. These marks, letters, phrases are a sentence for some and a sentence for all. The eyes of the wild animal that roves over paragraphs and stanzas are focused on straight lines. I don't see what I don't see in my captivity. The mystery of history. The end. Yeah. That's what was running through me uh, during the day this morning. And I uploaded it, the text of it, 
Well, in fact, I dictated it into the WordPress app on my iPhone. And I, um, well, I edited it a bit and I put it up on my blog. And I felt pleased at the end of that. It was like I'd taken something out and put it out there. Something was released from captivity. Hi guys, it's Paul the Poet in Cork and it's coming up to bedtime on Sunday evening and I just thought I'd like to share with you a bit of work that I did today. I went walking, I went walking the dog in the woods and I did some work and I came back and I carried on working and uh, Well, here it is. It's called uh, Intimacy of Everyday Life. The blood gave Puma what he craved. That warm connection. That deeper resonance. The end of a ritual. The flow from a raw umbilical cord, roots. There was, of course, the fur, the light, fluffy stuff. It was claws that built a bridge between them. It was sinking teeth in flesh that released the duende way beyond play. It was the same for the bunny. It was the same for the rabbit. Only this time the rabbit was fed up of being called a bunny. The rabbit wasn't cute. The rabbit wasn't flopsy, mopsy or cottontail. The rabbit had feelings too. Personified, objectified, infantilized. There's more to a rabbit than a cuddly thing for children. If you could get close to a rabbit, you'd meet the animal within. An animal with teeth, an animal with family, an animal with ties, an animal that doesn't live in cotton wool, has enemies, is preyed upon and is a killer. Oh yes, rabbits kill cabbages. So when Puma the cat met the rabbit outside, there was a deep connection within. Desire, the sort of desire a tiger has, the sort of lust a jaguar has, the sort of appetite every self-respecting big cat has. Fear, the sort of thrill running for your life gives you. A wildebeest across the savannah. The ancestors of the rabbits ran free for their lives. No half-life here. No cuddly, wuddly bunny. Blood, flesh, even the fur mattered in the utility room that night. It was the intimacy of everyday life. The end. That's a true story and uh, it's nice to share the work with you and wonder (laughs) wonder
what on earth it sounds like to you. What? I'm saying to myself, what does it mean to you when you heard it for the first time? Do tell me, please. It's okay to be surrounded by rain. Conspiracy members. It's okay to have your hockey game washed out, your riding washed out, your work in the garden washed out. Because you can crawl back into bed. You can scribble something and work from that and you can say to yourself what have I been doing recently Rilke Rodin Rembrandt and then it can suddenly hit you that hey they're the three R's reading, writing, arithmetic Rodin no Rilke, Rodin Rembrandt, two syllables each. Reading, writing. Well, arithmetic has got three syllables, but anyway. So you can crawl into bed and you can find, sometimes you can even find the cat in the bed. But you can, you can protect yourself from the cat. So here you are, here you are, the three R's. Rhoda, no, let me start. Rilke, Rodan, Rembrandt. All made for reading. All fit for writing. All writhing with the rhythm of arithmetic life. The precision of patience. Lichen like. Describe with a steely sense of solitude to shape with stony sight to paint faces in the light of night three men on a mission I met Rembrandt alone Beard like waterfall, watching stars. Rodan lost in thought on a bench across the street from a brothel. Rilke in a vacuum, listening to water boatmen making solitude sing. I found out later they all supported the same football team. Picture painters on the pitch. And you can stop as well when you're finished, uh, or at least when you need to draw bad breath. And if you want to, you can put it up on your blog, just like that, without waiting. And then, and then, you can get up out of bed. And the day feels a lot better than it did when you got into bed. There's a game a few of us have played on Lemur. There's a bit of fun that has probably done more than amuse us. It certainly stretched me a bit. It certainly stretched me a lot. 
and I'm sort of resurrecting it this morning. Okay, here's here's what it's all about. In 10 minutes, your job is to compose a poem live. And share it. Yeah, maximum length 10 minutes. And it has to be started and finished, whatever is finished, within the 10 minutes. I noticed that this one took me 10 minutes and I think 11 seconds. I'm sure my companions on this fruitful activity will forgive me. So here is the poem. I must arise and go now and go beyond the pale and a small wood grow there of heart and mind made And I shall have some peace there. And I shall have some ease there. An ease to rest my limbs. And she will wait upon the sea. And she will wait upon the seas. And smile among the trees. And walk upon the roots of trees. And I will call her on the wind
like gull and hawk. in sun I will clear out this festering way and take a mountain step across The lake that shaped my view. And bid my drive farewell. And oft I'll rest Among the thrall of moon and bless the hour that struck. And I will stride among the stars
amid the leaves that paint Another life divine. I'll draw my warmth. fire you'll set and sip a glass of wine Why does my wife not read my verse? She's surely not averse to phrase and lines she reads at work, her daily dose of prose that lurks on paper and email I've heard her curse. Poetry, you scheming rat, you promised you'd deliver, a feast-seducing habitat, a song to make her quiver, not a sour look, nor petty spat. Oh, why does she not sneak a peek to see what I have written in moleskin notebook fit to tweak? At least she'd know what has me smitten the day I dared to plumb the deep. There's much more depth in me than fake illiteracy I'm a minor chord, a malady. I'm a scribe in search of melody, a cloud of nature's ancestry. May she not pass like a Pharisee. The end. I would love to know your response, your thoughts, your feelings, anything, what you made of that as you were listening to it. I'd love to hear something from you about that. It would make my day. Hello, my very good friends. Today, as you know, I hope you know, maybe you know, is Pancake Tuesday. And this morning my daughter made the pancakes. And as she went off to school, I said to her, I'll put Nutella away for the year. I was minded to chuck it away. Tis the devil's food, the bane of our day. It's time for you to hear. There was a man who loved his sugar, his hair as black as ink, a girth as firm as any fine figure, his brain as sharp as me. Nutella for lunch and syrup 
for tea. Honeycomb ice cream and meringue. Soon as stout as an orangutan, the chocolate hero loved Cadbury. Diogenes fled, diabetes came. He couldn't remember his best friend's name. Fructose, glucose and sucrose abound. Obesity reigned, dementia crowned. I doubt he's in heaven with Harry. The lads from the links do not tarry. It was hell to watch him decline and think Nutella was fine. I urge you, my friend, do not splurge. Your shekels on food you should purge. Remember to love your gut, heart and liver. Nutella thrills, Nutella kills, Nutella fills your tummy with fancy frills. Remember, remember the six pancakes you ate before it is too late. And she paid no attention. And it turns out she's going to her friends after school for a pancake party. So, what on earth? is a father to do. I have a new poem for you. And apart from my daughter, you're the first person who's heard me read it. It's called You Must Change Your Life. Do not go loudly out of the room. Slip ever so gently away. If they know you are gone, they won't leave you alone. Move swiftly away from the light. Do not stand up when others are down. Let no one see you shine out. If they spy you on high, they'll slice you apart. Move swiftly away from the light. Do not die out before you are born, nor choke your voice from song. If you spend your talents buying time and deceit, there'll be nothing of you to remember when we shovel wet soil on your grave. That's it. That's the poem, I'll read it again. Do not go loudly out of the room, slip ever so gently away. If they know you are gone, they won't leave you alone. Move swiftly away from the light. Do not stand up when others are down. Let no one see you shine out. If they spy you on high, they'll slice you apart. Move swiftly away from the light. Do not die out before you are born, nor choke your voice from song. If you spend your talents buying time and deceit, there'll be nothing of you to remember when we shovel wet soil on your grave. The End I'd love to know what, how you found it, what thoughts and feelings you had while you were listening to it, what associations you had, any memories it brought up, any, any connection at all, if it was in any way, at any way at all, however small, meaningful to you. Thank you very much for listening to You Must Change. Muslim. By birth, by blood, 
by bleeding a Muslim, a human being, massacred mercilessly as if excreted onto his chopping board and swept into a rubbish bin. My crime was to pray to the wrong God on Friday morning. He was the judge, the jury, licensed to kill. We are Muslim by birth, by blood, by bleeding, a Muslim, a human being, massacred mercilessly, as if excreted onto his chopping board and swept into a rubbish bin. My crime was to pray to the wrong God on Friday morning. He was the judge, the jury, licensed to kill. I'm approaching Cork City Hall in order to go to the launch of the strategic action plan of Cork City of Sanctuary. And I don't know where to go. Maybe I should go this way. Go left here and see. I'm a bit late. It was due to start at half past. And I think it might, it's now about 10 to five. Hang on, let's see. Yeah, here it is. Oh, there are people being photographed. I think one of these people is the minister. I think the other one is the Lord Mayor. No, one of them is uh, the Minister. One of them is, uh, Who's the other one? Which one is the Minister? The Minister is the one with the blue and the STG goes on his the badge on his lapel. Oh yeah, the guy on the right. The, the guy, the He's the Minister. And who's the, the other guy? Is he the, the Mayor? No. The no, he's not. But he seems... Yeah. Right, I'm now in the building. I must go and register. This is me. I just got a shock because it says that at five o'clock there's poetry by Paul O'Mani. I hope somebody else is going to read it. My goodness. I sent a poem just to express my solidarity with the City of Sanctuary movement. And they thanked me for it, but they didn't tell me they were going to use it. This is a shock to me. Yeah. Uh, I uh, wrote a poem when I found out about this. So this is you? This is me. Oh, so are you the already go? No, 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 wait a minute. No one has said a word to me about me oh, reading this. No, no, but I tell you what, somebody else might be going to do it. I sent it just as an expression of my solidarity. Oh my goodness. May I? Hi, thank you. Oh, this let me get the coordinator if I know I got this sudden, I didn't expect this at all. One moment, I'll stop it. Hello, I'm from Paul Where is he? 
told you about us. I was just looking for the coordination. This is the person you heard about us. He didn't know about himself. I came in the room and I got a huge shock when I saw my name on drink. He's like, you can do anything you want. Are you okay? I'm very comfortable to read what I said. I love that. I have 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 that. City of Sanctuary movement, which I confess and hold my hands up, I didn't know about until a short time ago. It's called Cork City of Sanctuary. Marshlanders of the world, asylum seekers from the wars, boat people with seawater and the nation's welcome port, sturdy, hardy, chattering city of the big stories. They tell me you are desperate and I believe them, for I see your bloodshot eyes plead for sleep and peace from death. And they tell me you are starving and I believe them, for I hear your children howl for a bowl of rice, a tablespoon of porridge, even a saucer and of tripe and regime. And they tell me you are dying from thirst, thirst for friendship, for an arm outstretched ready to pull you ashore and wrap you in swaddling clothes. And having scraped together, I stand against the crowd that scoffs at this my city, as if they offer a better bed to beggars. Show me the city of your dreams with choirs singing hallelujah at the docks, proud to hug strangers with fire in their eyes, flinching from complaints, yet carrying on the twisty fight against the lethargy of liars, the hard-of-hearing heads that resist irresistible grace. Cute as a whore, occupiers of property that lock out migrants from hell, stitched together with courage fit for humanity, cool-headed, open-handed, Considerate, giving, planning, restructuring, rebuilding, 
Under the fog, tears dribbling on cheeks, smiling with dimples. Proud to be making history smile to children of the street. Smiling loud through blackthorn and brambles, out into lanes and alleyways. Laughing with the laugh of the lock and the island and the well-burst sparrow's nest. Raucous, clasping travellers, boldly, loud in honour of the half-dead strangers found abroad. Proud marshlanders, a safe harbour for ships, a market safe for the whole world. Heart makers, soul shifters, a city of sanctuary. Thank you. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Bienvenue, mesdames et messieurs. Bienvenidos, caribou. Um, I have another one. Ahalana, wasahalana. Jim Dobre. And a special welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Lord Mayor and Minister Stanton. Thank you very much for being part of this. Um, we're going to start the evening straight away because we have a very fulfilled evening. I'm absolutely delighted to be here. I better introduce myself. My name is Rose Dumont. I've been part of the uh, City of Sanctuary movement for a good while. It's midnight in Cork and I'm here in the kitchen the dog is in the corner. Looks like he's asleep. And I have a little something to read to you. Something fresh from today. Right, I better, I better not have a pregnant pause. How's your swing? You wake up on the golf links as you do every day. You tee off as soon as your feet touch the ground. You have no idea where your ball is going to land. You pray for a decent lie. You may find yourself buried in a bunker up against the face without a stance. There's also a good chance you may have rolled into the middle of a fairway. You may be sitting pretty. Otherwise, there's always out of bounds, a water hazard, ground under repair, even a hole in one. You're not in charge of the wind. You don't control the slope. You can't command the bounce. You may even lose your ball. Wherever you are, you are not lost. You have your clubs and another ball. No matter where you lie, you have your swing. You always have your swing. No matter how desperate your position, you will have another shot. There will be another ball to strike, another hole, another round to play. You just have to keep on swinging your clubs and playing the ball in front of you. You will finish the course. You don't have to keep the score. You don't have to keep the score. So what do you think? I'd love to hear from you. We all play golf, don't we? We all play golf every single day. Robin Milne, the painter, was talking about coming to a place of discontent with some work that she'd, she'd done and reached a certain point where suddenly 
the painting, which he said wasn't a bad painting at all, he just flipped over and she began to want to paint over the painting. And this relationship with a piece of work and the way in which you can change your mind about something as it moves along. Give me an give me a line for a poem that I'm gonna read you. And this poem wouldn't exist even in its crude form that it's in now or its un completed form if it wasn't for Robin using social audio to talk about her work and being a painter who's communicating with the outside world in some way and this uh, little poem is called If Only Picasso Had Podcast And Robin, this is, this is really for you more than anybody else. To amuse you, perhaps, but we'll see. If only Picasso had podcast from a smartphone on his palette, Guernica might have had more impact. Women and children might have brought Franco down. Picasso might have screamed. The Luftwaffe made paint cling like barnacles to this bloody canvas. Le noir, blanc et gris. Die schwarz, weiß und grau. The black, white and grey. The bull and the horse. Coffins. These may be episodes from season one recorded in a Paris studio. As it was, Pablo did the best he could to spread his message like a virus pulling subscribers, reproducing itself, seeping into the ears of a few strangers who watched him work. If only Picasso had podcast and shared his sweat on Twitter, his voice would have gone viral. Guernica would be alive wherever massacres matter. Wherever massacres matter. If only Picasso had podcast from a smartphone on his palette. Guernica might have had more impact. Women and children might have brought Franco down. Picasso might have screamed. The Luftwaffe made paint cling like barnacles to this bloody canvas. Le noir, blanc et gris. Die schwarz, weiß und grau. The black, white and grey. The bull and the horse coffins. These might be episodes from season one, recorded in a Paris studio. As it was, Pablo did the best he could to spread his message like a virus pulling subscribers, reproducing itself, seeping into the ears of a few strangers who watched him work. If only Picasso had podcast and shared his sweat on Twitter, his voice would have gone viral. Guernica would be alive wherever massacres matter. Yeah, so that's what listening to Robin Milne brought out in me. So there we are. Just thought I'd say a few words to you before going to sleep I say good night now
What is it like to be a man? This is a new poem I've written today. And I'm going to read it to you. It's not a very long poem. On my blog, I've illustrated the poem with a photo of a sperm whale. A male sperm whale. Anyway, here's the poem. What is it like to be a man? The painter asked. Is it the stubble that grows on your face? Is it the underpants and trousers you wear to work? The brogues you pull over your socks? The wombless life you live? What is it like to resemble a man? The painter asked. To talk like a man, to eat like one of the lads, to have male blood in your veins and the wombless way you walk. What is it like to feel a man, the painter asked, to feel grown up, to shut your mouth when entranced, to be silent when dismayed, to keep secrets from your best friend and mature in an eggless, wombless existence, the painter asked. Now, I would love to hear what that means to you. It would be great to hear anything you wanted to say. Maybe I'll just read it again. What is it like to be a man, the painter asked. Is it the stubble that grows on your face? Is it the underpants and trousers you wear to work? The brogues you put over your shoes? The brogues you put over your socks, the wombless life you live. What is it like to resemble a man, the painter asked. To talk like a man, to eat like one of the lads, to have male blood in your veins and the wombless way you walk. What is it like to feel a man, the painter asked. To feel grown up, to shut your mouth when entranced, to be silent when dismayed, to keep secrets from your best friend, and mature in an eggless, wombless existence, the painter asked.